Fantasy Six Pack Hour. With your hosts, Joe Bob and AJ Apple. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. All right, all right. Welcome to the Fantasy Six Pack Hour. My name is Joe Bond, founder of FantasySixPack.net. With me, and finally, his camera is working. He figured it out. Mr. AJ Abergarth. What is up, man? I know. Yes. It's low clap, man. I you uh, deserve it. I figured some things out, I guess. <laughs> no, it's good, know. man. Uh, so tonight we're going to be getting into our position previews and we're going to be starting with our catcher in first base position like we always do every year. Um, before we jump into that, though, just want to let everybody know we have subscriptions, memberships available on Fantasy Six Pack. Go there now, fantasysixpack.net slash plans. You get our award-winning rankings. You get our draft cheat sheets, which I've actually recorded tutorials for on this YouTube channel. So go ahead and check those out and subscribe, by the way. Uh, we get DFS projections. You've got betting advice, more, all the different sports, not just baseball. Um, so we'll have football stuff rolling out as, you know, as the season gets closer as well. Basketball, hockey, golf, it's all there. Uh, all at your fingertips for a low-low price there. Um, but if you want to save even more, use – Promo code F6PMLB for 15% off. And, um, yeah, go ahead and do that. And then, uh, guys, it is time. It is time for you to move your leagues to fan tracks. I'm telling you guys, like, we've been saying this for years, and I feel like not enough of you have done it. There's no reason not to move your league over to fan tracks. There's really not. Like, you get the most customizations you get very deep player pools. The leagues are, by the way, your league is open all year round, which is phenomenal. Like, it's great, especially if you're in a dynasty or keeper league. You have to have it. You know, no downtime for, you know, like the two-week maintenance period that some of these other sites do. It's silly. Just jump over, reap all the benefits of the full customizations you get from fan tracks. They're free. There's a few, you know, pay-for uh, options, but I've really never needed those. So, um so yeah, yeah, Jason, uh, that retro intro, that is uh Davis Pang. He uh he made that one and our football uh intro as well, which is phenomenal. But AJ, I'm sure you yeah. agree, man. You got to jump out of fan tracks, right? Oh yeah, definitely. Um I mean, I'm I'm past the days of Yahoo. I never really liked their baseball platform as it is anyways. Um fan tracks just uh, on top of the news I mean, there's just so much information. There's so many players into the player pool. And the best part about it, too, if there isn't a player that, that you think should be in the player pool, you send them an email and the oh, dude's yeah. in there like next day. 
the next day. Yeah, it's, it's phenomenal. phenomenal. Yeah. I'll get alerts every once in a while, like, this player was added to the player pool. And I'm like, Ooh, okay, cool. Yeah. And, and it's you like, know that's I, those, like, deep, deep dynasty players getting those players yep. added. You know it is. And that, uh, we that's got Michael what it Schneider was. Hit, that's how I know, found that out. Sure. <laughs> so, yeah, I had, I had a, uh, a dynasty league that I was in a few years back. And that was my first, like, fan tracks league. And ever since then, I've just always been going going back, going back, going yeah. back. It's I just, won't start a league anywhere else. It's just, no. It just doesn't make any sense. But go ahead, and if you haven't done it yet, jump over there, fantrax.com slash fantasy six pack, and sign up for your free league now. And uh, you're not going to regret it. You're not going to want to go back to where you were, I promise. So, all right, man. Uh, so, unfortunately, our guest is not able to drink tonight. So, we're just going to do beer of the week without him. and But we'll bring him in in just a second. But. Let's do this. Beer. All right, AJ, what do you got? So my beer is actually a plant. Um, his name is Herb. Uh, let me mm. turn this the right way. Just kidding. It's uh, it's hops. Um, <laughs> this is this is a, a freshie that I got from uh, State Line Liquors, and it is from RAR Brewing in Cambridge, Maryland. Uh, down uh, out by on the way to the the ocean city and the the beaches and stuff but this is their their west coast double ipa and it is phenomenal it is so good it i mean to me it's not like super dank because i know you're not into that but um it's got bite it's clean it's it's just very good cool cool uh by the way i finally saw that State line liquors. We actually stopped on the way back from Philly a couple weeks nice. ago. Nice. And uh, we stopped at the 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 Wawa there for lunch on the way back. And I was like, yeah. "Oh, I think that's the spot." <laughs> oh, that's the spot. <laughs> that's the spot. That's the good spot. Um. All right. Anyway, so I'm drinking an other half. Uh, I picked one of these up for the Super Bowl um, seventh anniversary. Actually, I wrote I wrote Dippa. I realized it's a triple IPA. Yeah. Uh, my bad. I I uh, was looking at those too. There's the seventh, the eighth. They have like a multiple seventh anniversary. This is the one I picked up for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got cashmere, citra, matsueka, ruaka, equinot, citra, all of them. It's it's good. Um, I gave this one a four and three quarters. This is super wow. good and super dangerous because it's that good because it's a ten percenter. And so <laughs> when it's that good, that's scary. Um, but cheers. Cheers. All right. Let's finally get to our guest. He's been waiting in the wings long enough. Mr. Eric cross. What is going on, man? Uh, FTN just now roto baller. You are the man dude. Uh, glad to have you here. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. Sorry. I couldn't uh, drink. I'm battling a bout of COVID right now. So Drinking probably isn't the uh, the best thing to no. be doing at the current Not point a wise time. choice. So, but uh, you know, just to get you know, add a little something here, uh, you know, I live in you know, right outside of Portland, Maine. There oh. is a lot of like Portland, Maine. I think was ranked, I believe, second in the nation. Uh, I think behind, I want to say it was like someplace on Oregon, like Bend, Oregon, yeah, or something like that, Oregon, yeah. for that like like breweries per capita or, or whatever the metric was. So. Yeah, there's a lot of breweries uh, in the greater Portland area. Even uh, I grew up in a town about 15 minutes up the coast from Portland, a town of about 7,000 people. And we have 
there are three, four breweries in that town alone. So yeah, yeah there's a there's a lot of good awesome. beer in there's the uh, the greater Portland Maine area. All that stuff up there, man. That stuff yeah. is fun. A lot of good beer, a lot of good IPAs, yes. a lot of good local breweries. Yeah, it's it's if you like beer, it's a good uh, good food scene, good music scene, good beer scene. So yeah, Portland's a great Sweet. town. That's awesome, man. I did not realize you were way up there. That's uh, that's a good place to be if you like some beer. So it sure indeed. is. All right, what AJ? Oh, I just oh, said I indeed. You were gonna say something. Yes. Um, no. Yeah, J- Jason <laughs> just visited Portland October and it was awesome. <laughs> there you yeah, go. Absolutely. All right, man. So we're gonna be jumping into our, our catchers and our first base preview. We combine these two. Um, you know, they kind of fit naturally, maybe less so recently, but um, you know, back in the day, there were so many catchers that just turned into first baseman and or played both positions. You still sort of get it, not as much as as we used to see, but it's still kind of there. Um, but let's let's start off with catchers, and you know, I feel like you know we got to ask this question every year. Um, because I'm just always curious about what our guests thinks that we have on and. It, it, it's about the difference between like single catcher and two catcher leagues. And, you know, I think in single catcher leagues, it's typically kind of wait and see, just kind of play the board. If somebody drops super far, then fine. You take him, but you sort of just, you sort of just going to figure it out. Right. Most people don't reach for a catcher in a single catcher league, but in two catcher leagues, you know, your NFBCs, you know, they just live and die by it. Right. Um, there's a bunch of places that still do it and a bunch of leagues that still do it, right? Um, what's your strategy? How does it change for a two-catcher league? That's funny. I was just in a two-catcher mock draft uh, earlier tonight that we just finished. It was a, a fast draft, so I already finished that. But, yeah, two-catcher leagues, man. Like, I was – you know, I obviously grew up, you know, when I was started playing fantasy baseball in you know, high school and whatnot. It was all single-catcher leagues. It was kind of like, you know, kickers in football. You, like, wait to the last round, right? Yeah. Uh, last round or two, take take your catch. Especially, in, I think you can still do that. It's still viable. It's almost like tight strategy at that point, right? Yeah, like, it's like especially if football. you're like a twelve team one catcher league, you can wait because like you can still get a guy like a, I don't know, like a Danny Jansen or a Logan O'Hoppy or something super late if you wait to the last round. Yeah. But yeah, these two catcher NFBC formats or the DCs, you gotta jump early. That's why you'll see like JT Riamuto go. You know, back end second round sometimes. I've seen yeah. them hop, hop into the second. Yeah. So definitely pushes guys way up the board because there's always that fear of, you know, like if you wait too long, then you get stuck with like a pairing of, I don't know, Joey Barton, Max Stassi or something like that. And that's just going to be, you know, maybe not a zero, but it's going to put you behind the eight ball at that position. So I, I don't usually like to go super early on both of them in those formats, but. I try to make it a point to get my first catcher by, you know, pick one twenty to one thirty. That's like the Tyler Stevenson ish range, where after that it really starts falling off quickly. So I'll make sure at least I have one guy that I feel good about, and then maybe maybe I'll still wait on the second guy and get like a Joey Bard or something like that. But definitely got to push those guys up up the draft boards and two catcher formats a pretty good amount. Do you typically reach for one of the top guys like the Will Smiths, the Real Mutos, the, those guys? You know, I, I actually have gotten uh, a few. I've done, I think, five or six DCs so far this year already. And I think I have, I got one share of Rigo Muto. I have uh, one share of Will Smith. And I might have a share of Adley. I can't remember. So I have found myself, um, it, it wasn't like a huge reach. Like I got Rigo Muto 
they picked 35 ish, give or take. It was the like early part of the third. So I didn't feel too bad about that, given what he brings to the table. Will Smith, just super solid, right? Like he's not as flashy as JT, but solid four category guy in the middle of that Dodgers lineup. And Adley obviously Absolutely. has the upside. And then Dalton Varsho is a guy that can you know, obviously give you that 25 15 blend. So I'm not opposed to reaching for one of those guys. I wouldn't necessarily reach for someone like, even though I like him, like, like a Wilson Contreras or something like that. Like Wilson, I think he's actually a decent value in two catcher formats. I think he's going around pick 100 or 105 or so. But if I was to reach, I'd rather like, all right, if I'm going to reach, I'm going to reach for one of these elite guys within the top 50. And then, boom, I have that spot taken care of, so I don't have to worry about it for a little bit until I get that second guy. Yeah. Nice. You know, it's, it's, the DCs, those are um, those are those best balls? They're holding, uh, drafting holds? They're definitely but you have you have uh, two uh, you have biweekly lineups. You have Monday and Friday lineup changes. You still got to set your lineup. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, still the the no uh, no fab, no, no transactions, no trades. But yeah, you set your lineup twice a week. I you know I feel like in those formats, especially if they're two catcher, getting at least one good catcher is super valuable. Yeah. Um, don't want to give my secrets away, but I guess I'm going to. That's why I do the show, right? Everybody's got to learn. <laughs> um, in wrestling, you know, they do the they do the the best ball, better ball, or what they want to call it, right? Uh, they got the two waiver periods, but getting that top notch catcher every year, at least one, has really propelled me to success in in that format. Um, you just it's one less thing you like. You have it means you have one less hole. Um, that you you know, people that wait on catcher in those leagues, they're literally getting no points a lot of weeks from their catchers. To where I'm always at least guaranteed one of those guys getting me something. Um, so like last year I had like Will Smith. The year before I don't know I, f- I forget, but I always I always go after one of those guys and it's paid off very very well for me. Um, so in those leagues I, I I push up catchers quite a bit. So especially when it's two catchers. If it was one, I'd probably probably wait a little bit, but. Um, Anyway, moving on. All right. Well, so uh, you mentioned a, a couple of these names already here, but um, New Young Blood is the uh, the go to. It seems like at the catcher position, and these guys are just rising up the ranks. You know, we're we're talking about Alejandro Kirk, uh, Rushman, who you mentioned, and uh, MJ Melendez. Who of these guys do you prefer for this season? in redraft and why hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting go to your happy place for a happy price Got your happy price, price line. I like all three in general, but if I had to pick one, I would go Adley. I think he is the, the safest of the three, uh, though Kirk is fairly safe too. I'll, I'll give him that. But yeah. same time, you know, with them recently uh, acquiring Brendan Belt, I, mean, I think that eats into Kirk's at bats just a little bit. Obviously, Danny Jansen's there. Uh, so maybe you know, maybe it won't cost them more than fifty or sixty at bats over a full season, but at the same time, that's 
for catchers. That's that's, that's a good amount. That's so lot, yeah. Um, I, I'm a I'm a big Kirk guy. Like I call him my little bowling ball. He just is like this little <laughs> yeah. little pint sized bowling ball of of hitting ability. Uh, so I I do love Kirk, and I've I've come around to Melendez. I was a bit lower on him that uh, 2019 he had in high A where he hit like 189 or whatever it was like that stuck in my head for a long time, but the metrics are actually pretty solid with him. So in general, I do like all three and I think they're, they're fine where they're going uh, ADP, but Adley, I think is like, he's the real deal. You saw it like once he, you know, there's a little bit of an adjustment period you know, heaven forbid a prospect takes a little bit of time to adjust. Right. Um, but once he you. did, I know, right. That's, it's, <laughs> it's so crazy to think about, but once he did kind of you know get settled in uh, as a full time catcher, like he was catching all the time for Baltimore, and he was one of the best uh, catchers in the league for the last like two and a half months or whatever uh, of the season or whatever it was. So yeah, he's not going to run obviously, so he's not like a Ray Muto or even like a Dalton Varsho. But I think this would be a guy that's really really good four category guy hits for high average, high OBP, you know twenty twenty five home runs, maybe even flirts with thirty some years. I think that Baltimore lineup's to be pretty solid as well. Just a really good four category guy, and I'm surprised he's actually not going higher than he is, given that the the huge prospect name that he had, uh, plus you know his good end of the season too. So I think he's actually a pretty solid value where he's going. So uh, I'll definitely be willing to invest him a good amount this year. Yeah, definitely a fan of of Rushman living in Maryland. Obviously, I get to see him play uh, nice. much more than than most people, I would say, but. Um, yeah, he, he was the, the next coming and, and he's proven, you know, his worth as the hype train that he had coming out. So yeah, I'm definitely on board with him. Um, I I like Kirk as well. Uh, you know, obviously a little bit more of a later flyer for me. If, uh, if I'm looking to just kind of punt catcher for the, you know, the first handful of rounds at least um he's kind of my my main target as teams start drafting catchers and, and as that run starts forming i'm hoping that you know i don't get on the wrong end of that and not be able to grab him yeah, yeah. do you like any of these guys to, specifically i think rushman i i agree with eric like rush and, and you guys like i think rushman is the guy you want out of these three but he is going to cost you a pretty penny and i actually agree yeah. with eric i think his adp is going to start going up people are going to start catching up and you know they're going to see this adp of 62 on average right now they're going to go ball to reach from a 58 it's yeah. just going to start climbing, right? You're just going to see it because everybody wants him, right? He's especially that especially if he performs well in the spring. Absolutely. Yeah, you can um, see that definitely rise. The yeah. guy that I, out of the next two, I really like Kirk more. Um, Melendez is, is phenomenal. Um, he's a much better, in my opinion, like head-to-head categories guy. Like, because his batting average throughout the season is going to kill you. And in a head-to-head weekly league, like – you can you can deal with you know the small sample size at times of Melendez just crushing your batting average. Um, Kirk's just has pretty much just as much power, if not more, and has a far better batting average. So like he's the better player, and they're going about at the same time. So give me Kirk over Melendez. Um, in in a especially in a in a roto league 
So, uh, but let's move over to not the new young players, but guys that are in new locations. And we had a lot of catcher movement this off season, which is yeah. seems bizarre. Like I don't I mean I don't track that kind of stuff, but I was just yeah. like, why is every you catcher being traded? It's good catchers at that, happening. right? Sean Murphy's in Atlanta now. Uh, William Contreras is in Milwaukee and his brother Wilson Contreras is in St. Louis now. So out of these three, you know, kind of the same question, like who are you targeting more given their ADPs and it does everything in, in, you know, in play here, man, again, I like all three and it's weird. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I've, I was never a huge Sean Murphy guy, but now that he's out of that spacious, Whatever they, I don't know what they, is it O.co Coliseum still? I don't even know what they call it up there know. anymore. I don't think it is actually. It was. A lot of these ball, yeah, like a lot of these ballparks change their names so now. often now. It's hard to keep up anymore. Yeah. Uh, I still think of them as like Safeco Field and, you know, the Kingdom and stuff like that. But anyway, uh, but now that he's in Atlanta, you know, I think it, he's going to play regularly. I don't think Theranos is going to, you know, eat into his at bats too much. Obviously, Atlanta's a great lineup. So I like him there. I love, I think the out of these three, the biggest value boost might have be, even been William Contreras, who obviously was in that same deal going from Atlanta up to Milwaukee, where he's going to you know catch primarily there, also get some time at DH as well. It's the Ring Central Coliseum. Yeah. Is that what you I just yes. looked it up. I was, I I was waiting for, for a pause to just be like, it's Ring Central. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't want to cut you off. I wanted, like, what? Okay. Sure. I don't even, what, what is Ring Central? We're just going to go with that. Is that like a doorbell uh, company? I don't even know. It is. It, yeah. no, is it, well, uh, well, the yeah. ring is the doorbell thing. So Ring Central, is it related? I don't know. I have no idea. No I mean, idea. Sorry, okay, this is like some of these random commercial ads. You're like, who is this company? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, yeah, never even heard of that. I see. I, I thought it was to O.coa, but yes, totally wrong. But, uh, yeah, where are we? Oh, yeah, William Contreras. I love William Contreras. Like, the quality of contact, very, very good last year. Hard hit rates, barrel rates. And the fact that he still had 20 home runs and under 400 plate appearances, even given he had a, a bit higher of a ground ball rate, I think the average will come down. He's he's not – I think he had 278. He's not that type of guy. He's more like a 255, 260 guy, which is still pretty solid in this day and age, especially for catcher. So I think he's going to be a guy that if he gets the, the power that he can get to – and push 30 home runs with, you know, maybe 90-plus RBI, 70-plus runs scored. I think he's a leapfrog his brother and get into that back-end tier one where he's a guy that could be, you know, a guy that we're talking about near pick 60 next year. I think he's got that type of upside. So I guess uh, even though I like all three of these guys, it's weird how many catchers I like this year. I don't like that. Uh, I, yeah, it, right. it feels weird, but I, f- I, I do love William. Out of these three, give me, give me William. Like, Wilson's super – you know, consistent. He's been maybe the most consistent catcher. I think uh, I actually wrote him up not too long ago on FTN that he uh, was only him and JT Remuto had finished in the top 20, 125 overall on the Rasball player in each of the last six years. So super consistent guy. Uh, but give me, uh, give me William here. I think he's have a really big year. Yeah. So Ring Central is a, uh, <laughs> They provide businesses with a different cloud-based <laughs> business communication solutions that includes messaging, video, and phone. Um, oh no, gosh. I'm not getting paid for this, but I should. I was just going to say, uh, is this an ad? The best part about them is that their C- CEO is Vlad Schmininis, and their CTO is 
Vlad Vendrow. So bunch of Vlads running that it's, place. I it's guess it's like the the office with Bob and Bob, but go. it's Vlad and Vlad. <laughs> nice. Now that I think about it, Vlad is the Bob of Russia. They better be. Like. They better be uh, Blue Jay fans. Mm, maybe, maybe we'll see. Are we talking about him in first base? I don't know. We're not there yet. No. Um. Yeah, it's funny. Like if you, <laughs> Sorry, if you totally look at consensus, if you look at consensus ADP for these guys, like they are going back to back to back right now. Yeah. Um. And obviously, you know, that's drastically different if you look at different sites. But like the consensus right now is. Contreras, Murphy, Contreras, <laughs> and it's, and then it's, and then there's like like a massive gap between him yeah. and Tyler, between them and Tyler Stevenson. Yeah, it's, it's like, probably about like that's like the so cutoff. Picks. Number ten is like the cutoff. Yeah. But the fact that yeah. there actually are ten catchers that we're all going, hmm, I, I mean, yeah, I can live with that. It means yeah. we're all gonna wait in our drafts, like especially in our home leagues, right? At the end of March, we're gonna go. We're all gonna wait and see. <laughs> And then those last first. guys are just going to be like, oh, I can't wait anymore. They're going to go way earlier. They're going to be like, damn it. Yeah. Everybody knows you're waiting. And then you're going to screw this with, up. Yeah. Then you're going to get stuck having a pick between the rest. And at that point, I'm out. I'm just waiting for the, I wait until the end at that point. Yeah. Who cares? But uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's so hard to pick from these guys. I think everything you said, Eric is pretty spot on. So I think we can just move on. All right. Yeah. Uh, the, well, of the three, I, I'm a fan of Murphy, just to throw that out there, because when I guess he was playing in O.co or Ring Central or just the Oakland Coliseum. Uh, he was so stupid, He still was so good. So I, I like him coming to Atlanta. I'm, I'm excited to see what he can do down there. But either way. So fast forwarding a bit. I mean, looking into the later rounds of the drafts here, um, who's a guy going later that you think is going to be a great target for your leagues or anybody's leagues and redraft, um, even in a single catcher league? Yeah, no, I have a, a guy that I've been going to a lot uh, in this type of scenario. He's going around, eh, pick 250, give or take, though. His ADP has begun creeping up. Logan O'Hoppy from the Los Angeles Angels, even – that's a rookie catcher who has grand total of five major league games under his belt. But I saw Lopi out in the Arizona Fall League in 2021. He was legit there, played very well, both sides of the ball. And then he had a, you know, he, he started breaking out in that 2021 year and then got up to, uh, was at double A the entire year, 2022 in the Phillies and Angels systems came over in that deal for Brendan Marsh, which was a pretty solid deal for both teams. Yeah. And overall slash 283, 416, 544, had 26 bombs in 104 games. Even, you know, he could steal a bag or two here and there, had seven steals and almost as many walks to strike out, 70 walks to 74 Ks in just 447 plate appearances. So he's one where, you know, the contact, the approach, the power, he's a solid all around catcher. Like, I don't see any reason why he's not going to stick behind the plate long term and, you know, in a starter's capacity. So, he, so he's a guy, if I'm one where I wait and, you know, all the names through, you know, through that Stevenson, Cal Raleigh range are all gone. And he's one of like, all right, let me just wait to the last round. And in your single catcher formats, you know, Logan O'Hoppy is a name I like a lot. You know, Gabriel Moreno a bit too. Like the dude's a hit for average. Like there's yeah, no yeah. doubt in my mind. That's kind of who I was looking he's at. He's going to hit for That's average. A good one. I just wonder where the power is at. Like, 
there's some raw power in the profile, but it's kind of gone by the wayside the last couple of years in the, in the upper minors and the majors where he's hitting too many ground balls. He's putting a lot of balls in the gap and whatnot, but this isn't really getting that loft on it that we saw from him in the lower minors. So, you know, I think maybe he turns into what we thought Kiba Ruiz was going to be that didn't really pan out where it's like, all right, high average, maybe he gets like 10, 12 home runs. But now that he's in Arizona, much clearer path to playing time out there than he had in Toronto. That was just a glutton of catchers oh, yeah. they had there. So now that he's now that he's in Arizona, much clearer path. Carson Kelly can't stay healthy at the time. So I think he's have a nice year as well. So if you just want a guy where like, all right, he's a get me average. I know that. Mm-hmm. And you know, any power he adds is just kind of gravy. And that's what you're looking for. Just a guy that can give you some average. Moreno's a pretty solid target too. Yeah, I, I'm definitely in on uh, on Ohapi as well. Um, being a Phillies fan, you know, I'm, I'm used to him. I was uh, a little disappointed that they traded him, but, you know, it worked out, like you said, for both teams. And, yeah. and I do like Marsh coming in. We desperately needed a center fielder. So, yeah, you did, for sure. Uh, it, it was okay. I, I, I yeah, was then. hoping that they would be able to get something in that position, but, you know. They had to give up the prospect, and it worked out. So I'm okay yeah. with it. The one guy, I, you know, and again, there's a lot of risk here. He's not a young guy at all. But Grandall, like, I mean, once you start getting down that far in the catcher ranks, like, I mean, take a stab at somebody, right? Because there will be somebody that pops up on the waiver wire at some point, so you can replace him. It right. happens every year, for yeah. especially in catcher, right? Um, so, like, if you miss on everybody, Grandal has as much upside as anybody down there, if not more. Maybe outside of a hope, like a hoppy. Uh, it's just he—he's just been injured, you know, so much the last few few seasons. So it's just—it's tough to trust. But if right. you get down that far, I feel like he's somebody that I would probably take a stab at and figure why not. Yeah, I mean, again, why not? He's shown that he can do it before. Yeah, last year was atrocious for him yes. uh, on, on many <laughs> levels. But he's just, you know, one year removed from uh, 2021 21. where he had an OBP over 400, and a slug over 500, and he was one of the best hitters in the league in the second half of the year. Like everyone um, looking at what certain guys were doing, and he was right up there with some mm-hmm. bigger names, and it was kind of surprising to see that. So he's a guy that he's had good years. He had a top 20 MVP finish back in 2019 over over when he was in Milwaukee. But this is a guy that has shown you that he can do it in the past. And I don't think he's completely just done age 33. So he's a guy that if you want to take a stab on someone that has at least shown you that he can do it as opposed to like a Moreno that has not shown you that yet that could. But yeah, he's a, he's a solid target as well. Yeah, I mean, the, the problem is that he is, you said 33. He's actually 34. I, I just found out. I thought he was 33 also. Uh, but the problem is that he is that old. And so you're going to probably not get as many starts out of him. You know, maybe they rest him an extra day or two here and there. And, you know, he's not going to slide over to first base like some of these other catchers would because they got Vaughn and some other guys that can do it. So, you know. Right. But he's still like again. We're talking late round targets, and so at that point, you're just you're trying to get anything that's not like a total zero, and he can easily do it, in my opinion. So, yeah. Um. All right, I think we should jump into our first base. Um. You know, I look at the first base position, and honestly, I see 
kind of like catcher where it's like I like a lot of these guys, but I also not sure I really like a lot of these guys. Like you know, it, it feels deep, but they also just after the top what five, six maybe if you want to go that far, they all feel kind of the same. Um, so give me your strategy going into drafts with first base. You know, are you, you need to get one of these top guys or are you okay with, I don't know, Reese Hoskin, Christian Walker as your starting first baseman? I'm actually okay with, with that range. And, you know, I have not gotten a lot of shares or I don't think any shares of, I have no shares of Vlad. I have no shares of Freeman. I might have one of Alonzo, but that's it. Like, I have not been, been targeting, even though I like Alonzo, I like Freeman, I like Goldie. Obviously, Vlad's great. But there's other usually other spots I'm trying to go at. I, I like getting getting more speed in you know my first couple of picks, getting those power speed guys. And maybe yep. I'm trying to get a third baseman because that one dries, dries up really bad Yeah, uh, once you get in the, in the middle rounds, even more so than first base does. So I just haven't been going after the, those elite guys. So it's really like that. You know, that tier that's right around like pick 90 to like 130 or so that I've kind of been targeting pretty heavily. Like it starts with Vinny P. I know we'll get him into him a little bit here, um, but I've been going up to him a lot. Jose Abreu, obviously in Houston, I think that's a great fit for him. I've gotten a share or two of him. I just, I've gotten a couple of shares of Nathaniel Lowe as well. Reese Hoskins, I think is fine. Christian Walker, Andrew Vaughn, Ryan Mountcastle, I think they're all, you know, they're back end first baseman, but I'm okay. Well, with, with having them as my starters. So in general, I've actually been waiting a little bit at this position. And so that, that, you know, 150 range of all these guys are going, even like an Anthony Rizzo, that left-handed power in Yankee stadium is pretty solid as well. So again, like, am I ecstatic that, you know, my starter might be a Christian Walker? No, I'm not like, you know, running to the, you know, running home and tell my parents, I just talked to Christian Walker. But <laughs> at, the same, at the same time, like, he's fine. You know, these so guys in the pool of 2021, man. Right. Like, <laughs> These guys are fine. So, uh, yeah, I, I just the way I've been kind of approaching uh, my draft from a, a positional standpoint, this is the one where I've been waiting a little bit to those middle rounds. So I think the targets are actually okay there. Yeah, I, I, I personally agree. I, I'm probably going to wait on first base. You know, I get that the Freeman and the Guerreros and the Alonzos, the, the, they are a tier on their own. You know, you can throw Goldschmidt up there, Olsen maybe in Abreu the next tier. But, like, once you get past that, like, a lot of these guys are kind of the same, so you can kind of just wait. Um, you're really not going to get burned by not taking, you know, the the first baseman right after that, you know, top tier or two. Because the guys after that, they're all kind of the same. You're either going to get a mix of power, you know, maybe a little bit of speed. Uh, maybe moderate power and good average or just like high power, low average. That's kind of all that they work. You could fit them into your team at that point. You could figure out what your team needs and draft your first baseman around that because you have so much of your core built, you know, and hopefully, because as you said, Eric, you know, speed isn't really a thing for first base, right? And so you want to get those power speed guys um, earlier on and, Freeman and Guerrero and Alonso, as, as amazing as they are, they're not giving you that, right? They're not giving you speed. Right. So no. go get those guys early and then wait and get some of the same power numbers from those guys, maybe less average. Well, not maybe, but yes, less average. Um, 
but similar power numbers for far cheaper. Um, and, and that's, that's how I play first base and I've done it for years. Um, I've only drafted as one of the top first basemen, like, uh, you know, a few times in the last couple of years, um, in the last like, probably five, six years actually. Uh, but yeah, that, that is, that is a tried and true, uh, strategy for first base. that does not seem to be going away anytime soon. No, I mean, the nice thing with first base, uh, and especially in leagues where you have a corner infield spot. Oh, Dave, he's an idiot. <laughs> I don't Eric, Hi, will you be my Valentine? Uh, uh, you're you're about man, two days too late on that, Dave. There. Yeah. Uh, anyway, as I was saying, before I was so rudely interrupted, Dave. Oh, I'm a lot of interrupting. Uh, you're not the guest, AJ. I was talking about Dave. Uh, anyway, Dave, I love you. I'll be a Valentine. Uh, there's just more power <laughs> to go around, like through first base. So if you're playing in a league where you have just your standard positions, I feel like you can, you know, you're better off going towards third base earlier, um, and then then hitting first base towards those middle rounds. Uh, but it, when you have corner infield. I still think I follow the same way. I mean, um, I'd maybe be jumping into first base a little more often because that's probably who I'm plugging into my corner outfield spot. Just just based on the fact that you have more guys that that are going to be projected for 20-plus homers, um, you know, in solid RBI numbers. So that's what I'm looking for. Yeah, when and I, just, when I as that. Eric said, third base dries up quickly, and it's yeah. a position you don't really want to go after. You don't want <laughs> yeah. you don't want anything. You don't want any part. We'll get into that in a couple of weeks, guys. But it is, yeah. uh, whoo, third base is rough. It is <laughs> rough. So, so, all right. So uh, we've uh, we've already mentioned these names a little bit here, and that's Mr. Freddie Freeman, who is uh, going into a thirty-three year season i guess uh paul goldschmidt one of my all-time favorites until he burned me 35 obviously these guys are are, you know well into their 30s for baseball terms but do you think we can continue to count on them as a top tier option for the first base or are we are we going to start worrying about this age catching up on them pass on them in drafts with, with Freddie, I have absolutely zero issue taking him this year. Like, if I were to take a first baseman, like I've talked about him, he's so incredibly like he might be the most consistent guy. It's like him or like Mookie Betts. Like those are like the two yeah. that are the super, and they're on the same team. I know, um, yeah, like <laughs> super. Uh, the, the, though they weren't <laughs> they weren't on the same team three years ago, but uh, yeah. you know Boston and Atlanta, but. Uh, yeah, Freddie Freeman, he's just shown that super consistent. You look at the metrics with him, like yeah. nothing's fallen up anywhere. Yeah, the barrel rate went down a little bit this past year, but that's it. Like the XBA was still well over 300. The approach is still really good. Like I'm not worried at all about Freeman. You know, I'm not even, you know, Goldie's a couple years older, 35, had that, you know, nice huge resurgent year last year. Yeah. You know, do I think he's going to do a, you know, 317 average with 35 and 115 again? Maybe not, but at the same time, I'm not worried about him falling off a cliff either. Like, even before 
uh, the, the past couple of years. Like the metrics were still really good. Like it was kind of surprising that the the surface stats had tailed off a little bit, um, but not even too much. Like that that one year he hit 260 uh, back in 2019, but outside of that he's been above 290 every other year dating back to I man. If you look to 2012, which is his first full year back in Arizona where he still hit 286. So it's just how consistent these guys are. And like with, with these older guys, I like to look into the metrics even. Obviously, I do it for everybody. But like, all right, do I see anything that could signal any type of, you know, the beginning of a decline? I really just don't see it with Goldschmidt. He's still, you know, striking out at a, at a low rate, still walking, so hit, still hitting the ball hard, still even running a little bit, seven steals last year, which is still encouraging. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't think, you know, maybe – you know, 2024 or five, maybe, uh, that the, those, the client starts coming. But for 2023, I'd, uh, if I was draft position early, I have no issue with, with taking either of these two guys. I think the, the one thing I'll say about Goldschmidt is that don't draft him. Trade for him at the end of April when all of his owners are <laughs> super frustrated because he can't hit the damn ball, right? <laughs> one home run last year in March and April combined. Three home runs of the year prior. In fact, he only hit three home runs – in May and April, uh, both months uh, in 2021. So, like, I feel like the last two years we've been like, what's wrong with Goldschmidt? And then it just, boom, just explodes <laughs> and hits over 30 on both years. You're like, oh, never mind. That's what was right. I saying? Nothing's wrong with Paul Goldschmidt. He's still a stud. Uh, but we do it every year, it feels like. But, yeah, he – He's fine. I mean, I guess that would be the only thing that sort of makes me worry about him more is, like, he is starting off slow now. And so, like, when's that slow start going to just keep going longer and longer and longer? That's the only thing he's sort of worried about. But, I mean, like, everything everything is there. It, it, it's funny with him. I was just pulling up his career splits. Uh, and May, June, July, August, first career, all above 300. But it, it's the two bookend months to start the year, end the year. Yeah, and it's not even sucks. bad. It's uh, it, it, it's for March slash April, two seventy six average, and then same thing in September slash October, and those are the only two months where he has a slug under five hundred as well. He has him above five hundred all the other four months. So again, not like terrible, but yeah, it's weird how kind of like the start of the year and end of the year just a little bit not quite as good as the middle middle four months for him. Yeah. Do you yeah. worry at all though with um with Freeman? Not because, like, I mean, the run, the RBI, and the average are obviously top-notch. But, you know, I feel like from first base, right, that's a position where you sort of feel like you can count on power yeah, for most of your players. And he did drop. Now, two out of the last three years, 13 home run. Now, granted, that was a 60-game season. But last year was 21. Any sort of concern there? No, not not at all, really. Like, the hard hit rate was still... 48%. And the fact that he, yeah, he's only 21, which isn't super elite, uh, especially for this position, but he did add 13 steals to kind of counteract yeah. that a little bit. So, it did help. Yeah. yeah. So he's never, obviously never been like a huge power guy. Like, what's his, I think he's had a couple years of 30. Uh, he had two years over 30, uh, three years over 30, excuse me, including 2021 where he had 31. So I don't see why he can't get back up there when he's so, like, he's elite, elite, elite in, in four cat, uh, three categories, excuse me. Average runs and RBI. He's got that you can basically pencil in for 100 of each runs in RBI. He has 117 last year, 120 runs for that. Um, yeah, I think he's, you know, mid 20s home run guy. He had eight steals in 2021, 13 this past year, 10 back in 2018. So he's always chipped in like 
you know, five to ten and even thirteen last year. So and it, hey, maybe he'll get the fifteen, sixteen this year, bigger bases, the pickoff yeah. restrictions. Who knows? Like yeah, never know. You see never him get fifteen. I won't put that out of possibility. He's, he's not like super fast, but he's just one of the smartest baseball yeah. players I think, I think we've ever seen. Uh, so I think that obviously like Pujols was never fast either, but he always stole a little bit, of, you know, so, stole some yeah. bags until the foot issues later in his career because he was super smart. He was never fast. He was a super smart. So that that obviously plays into base running more so than speed sometimes does. So yeah, I'm I'm not worried about Freeman at all. Cool, cool. Yeah. All right. I, so I agree. Moving over here to uh, to your boy, and and it's funny because we had our chats before the show, and and. I didn't see your comment that you really wanted to talk about him, but I put him on the sheet anyway, so perfect. Uh, Benny Pasquitino, um, dude, he's getting a lot of love in drafts, and obviously you're you're a fan as you wanted to talk about him, um, or at least I'm guessing that's why you want to talk about him. But, you know, I get that he's a, a really good player, really good pedigree, um, top 180p Feels a little strong, possibly. I mean, and, and I'm just going to give you a, a few stats, right? So, I mean, last season, you know, for, first call up, right? 10 home runs, 25 10 home runs, 25 runs, 27 RBI in uh, 258 at-bats. Clearly, the batting average, 295, was amazing. You know, but you extrapolate that over to 600 at-bats, right? 23 home runs, 58 runs, and 60 RBI. I, I don't know if that's really worth top 100. I mean, I think we all think improvement would be coming, but is it enough to warrant a top 100 ADP? Yeah, I think it is, to be honest with you. I think that Kansas City lineup is just going to keep getting better. You know, other step forward from Bobby Witt Jr., MJ Melendez. So I think that lineup is going to be, you know, it's not going to be great, obviously, but I think it could be like a sneaky middle-of-the-pack lineup. You know, maybe it's like 15th to 20th and run scored, something like that. So... I don't think it's going to be as bad as it was last year. We'll say that. So I think you can see him get up over 80 RBI, you know, 70 plus runs scored. But I think what's really going to stand out is the average. I think he's definitely a 280 plus hitter, which is almost like, you know, the new, I think 280 is the new 300 these days. Obviously, averages have been coming down uh, the last, you know, really half decade or even more. So I think he's, he's an elite batting average guy. He already proved that, like, in his debut as a rookie, he had a 289 XBA, more walks than strikeouts, 11.7% yeah. walk rate to 11.4% strikeout rate, 90.4% zone contact rate, only a 15.3% whiff rate, and all these are like well above league average marks. So I think he's already established himself as one of the best pure hitters, not just at, the, at this position, but in baseball right off the bat. And the quality of contact was good as well. 91-2 average exit velo, one, uh, right under a 113 max, uh, 76x slug, 47% hard hit rate. And I think he's going to be a guy that 25 to 30 home runs, he's going to throw it for 300. I honestly, I think he's have a better year than like Matt Olson. I think that's, you know, I actually have him ranked ahead of Matt Olson in, in my rankings. I think he's going to be that good. You know, it's a 30, you know, 30 home runs, 80 plus RBI. 280 plus average, you know, 75 or so runs scored. He, he won't give you any speed. He's not that type of guy, but I think he's going to be a well, really good four category speed. guy. That would be quite the jump for Pasquatino if he hit 30. Um, I think he could. But, I think he could flirt with 30. I, I really do think he could uh, get with 30 up there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, 
I, I yeah, again, I think the pedigree is there. It's just yeah, I I don't typically reach out for for massive jumps quite like that without seeing That's that's fair. That's fair. But um, you know, it's you you if you were in a league with me, you are getting Pasquatino way ahead of me. I guarantee you that. <laughs> and uh I'll take Matt Olson instead. <laughs> but uh no, I think he's good. I just yeah, it, it's still just you kind of want to see it, you know, he, he and he just never know with that Royals lineup, man. Like, dude, if it's I, I agree, it's gonna be better, but how much better to where the counting stats are gonna be able to 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 carry him to 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 jump up to the level where you want it to be to draft him where he's going? That that's kind of my issue with him. Uh, and, and that's fair. I, I I could see why people would be, you know, kind of shying away from a you know he's not a rookie technically anymore, but he'll be his first full year. So I still kind of lump him under like the rookie umbrella, and I could see. No, the lineup isn't the greatest. And so, yeah, those are valid concerns. I'm just, I just look at the metrics. I've seen this guy's just mashed everywhere he's gone. He's shown the big power, like, you know, 300 plus ISO, 600 plus slugs in, in the minor leagues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And Coffin, is it still called Coffin? I think, I think that one's still Coffin. <laughs> I think they yeah, have pretty, not changed. You are pretty sure that's still Coffin for, for now, at least. But, yeah, obviously, that's not the greatest place to, to hit, but. I think he, I think he'll be just fine. So I'm okay with that VDP for him this year. Yeah, I don't I don't mind it um, where he's going. And again, you're looking at basically the the projection of ceiling here. I mean, he's like the perfect up, you know, venturing up ceiling guy in my mind. You know, you know what the floor is going to be, and it's serviceable. So yeah, I, I definitely am okay with that. And, you know, I'm not drafting him as my first, first baseman personally, but you know, if he's, he's going to fall into that corner infield for me or yeah, he utility won't. spot, <laughs> he won't, he's going in the top 100 completely. He's well, like the seventh or eighth first baseman off the board, dude. That's so you're not, you're not getting him that far. I would love to get him as my corner infielder. No kidding. Happy. Yeah. I don't think that's. You'd have to draft Freeman and Pasquatino in the first like six rounds. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> All right, fine, I'll do it. <laughs> but <laughs> alrighty. Yes. All right. So, uh, speaking of other options, who now I'm probably looking at. There's a lot more good players in these middle rounds. Uh, you know, you're talking Hoskins, CJ Crone, uh, Vaughn. You got Mountcastle, Cronenworth, uh, even. You know those types of players. Who out of this group is someone that you like enough to really go after and target? You know, it's funny. I actually have you know a few shares of a lot of these guys. Like I just got Christian Walker in a mock earlier tonight. I have a couple uh, Vaughn shares. I have a Mountcastle share. I don't think I have a share of Crone uh, or Hoskins though. I do like Hoskins a good amount too. I think he just kind of. He's underrated because I, I actually I don't know I don't know he's why Hoskins is underrated, yeah. but he's just super consistent guy. Like you look at you know each of the last uh, four full. So let's just throw out the the damn twenty twenty year, or even though yes, he was a pace for more home runs than yeah. this in that year. He's a pace for about upper thirties that year, but 2018, 34 home runs, ninety six RBI, 2019, 29 and eighty five uh, with mid upper eighties runs both those years. 
2020 was probably his worst year for counting stats over this stretch, 27 and 71 with 64 runs in the last year, 30 and 79 with 81 runs. I mean, he, you can just pencil him in for like, you know, right around 30, right around like 80 to 90 in, in about 80 to 90 run runs scored as well. The average won't, you know, the thing is the average, the, it's not great. Obviously he's a career 242 guy, been 246, 247, 245 the last three years. That doesn't kill you anymore either. But arguably, think, you also should go up with like you know you know the the defensive you know lack of shifts, right? You you I think? Matt, I don't know I, if he's been. I don't know yeah. if he's been shifted on. Uh, let, let, let me look. He has been. Uh, that, that's oops, something look. I did not look up. I'm I'm pulling it up right now. His shifted. So he was shifted against about two thirds of the time last year, yeah. but his woba. Uh, with no shift versus the shift was basically the same. So and that's kind of tracks yeah. the last couple of years. Yeah. So I don't, I don't think it'll be uh, a big difference for him, but he's in a good park. He's in a good lineup, obviously, yeah. especially when, when Harper gets back mid season sometime. Yeah. So he, I think he's like, if you want this guy that you can just plug in and forget about and you'll get your stats. You know, I think that guy is Reese Hoskins. If you want to go a little bit more upside in that same range, you know, Andrew Vaughn, I think is a pretty solid target. Now he's back to first base. He doesn't have, Old man Larusa falling asleep in the dugout yeah. and throwing him out in left field where that was a disaster. Like he's our not old a left producer fielder. Jeff would love you for calling him that. Was that he hates our old producer Jeff would love you for for making fun of Larusa. He hated him. He's a big White Sox fan. I so. I'm a big White Sox fan too, and I love. Oh, that you I don't even know. You told me that. Yeah, but uh, that's funny. It all works out. <laughs> yeah, right. But yeah, but Vaughn like going back. Guy. <laughs> Vaughn going back to first base, his natural position, where he played in the minors, where he played at the University of California, made him a you know top five overall pick back in 2018 or 19. I forget exactly which draft class he was in. But, yeah, I think he's a very good option at that range. A guy that's going to hit you 270, 280. Contact skills are there. Doesn't strike out a ton. Not a huge OBP guy. So if you play in that format, maybe you look elsewhere. He's never been a huge walk rate guy. But 25-plus home runs. I think this lineup is finally going to – they have obviously the pieces to have a pretty damn good lineup. If Eloy can stay healthy, if Robert can stay healthy, if Anderson can stay healthy, a lot of ifs, but there's a lot of talent in that lineup too, and, and Vaughn's right in the middle of that. So uh, he's a good good target there. And Ryan Mountcastle too, a guy that I've never – never was like super high on Mountcastle, <laughs> but I dug in – I was digging into his, his uh, profile recently, and like last year he had a 15% barrel rate. A forty-six point three percent hard hit rate, five oh nine X slug, like pretty damn good. Just the ballpark, the quirky the ballpark walls out there in Camden really limited him. Like you looked at, he had all of them, probably five, six, seven balls at least. Given you know the the weird outfield dimensions and left, the high wall and right, where he probably could have hit like he had what twenty two home runs. Probably should have been like twenty eight, twenty nine, and that's not going to change obviously this year, but. Again, he's a guy that you can get you a 20-plus home runs, 80 to 90 RBI, solid enough average I mean, with the upset for more. So he's a, I think he's a decent target, too. There's, there's a lot of good targets in that range, honestly. Yeah. Um, AJ, you got anybody? Because I, I do if you don't. Um, yeah, I mean, I obviously I'm, I'm partial to Haskins, but his, uh, his downfall is just simply his streakiness. I mean, he'll he'll go yeah. on these runs where he's so consistent. 
He's getting you everything you need uh, and more, and then he just falls off, and you're like, yeah. And and that what and that's more happened? for like his because I know AJ, you and I, you know, like you and I play in in more head to head weekly type league, so the, the yeah. consistency matters to where. You know, if oh, in Roto, in, in Roto, Roto, I'm not worried about him at all. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, you're going to get what you're going to get, get from him numbers. at the end of the season. I think the one problem with Reese too is like he still has yet to have a you know 100 uh, run, 100 RBI season. Yeah, um, either one. So I, like that's that's interesting to to note. It, it is. And again, I think it's, I mean, he's been bounced around in the lineup a lot too. Last year was a little more consistent with his positioning in the lineup once, um, once Girardi was gone, thankfully. But, you know, then Harper came back and, you know, there was a, a few tweaks here and there, but not much. Um, I think this year is going to be interesting to see what happens with Turner being there, whether he's going to take on leadoff or if they're going to leave Schwarber there because he's comfortable and he was <laughs> pretty damn productive. Obviously, his weird. RBI numbers were down, but um, that's what's going to happen when you're a leadoff guy uh, and you can mash the crap out of the ball. Yeah, Jason and JP talked about that on our Phillies preview show that we have here on yeah. the uh, on the channel, and it was just sort of like, how the hell is is Schwarber leading off with Turner there? But that's what's projected right now, and I mean it makes sense. Schwarber crushes there, but whoo, yeah, it seems it seems a little bizarre. Eric sounds like he wants to say something. No, it, it's it's funny growing up, and I think we we probably grew up roughly around the same time, where it's like. Yeah. You never would have seen a guy like Kyle Schwarber lead off in the '90s, right? No. It was always like you had your prototypical. It was like the Kenny Lofton types, where it's like, all right, <laughs> they can put the ball in play, Absolutely. they can get on base, they can, and they're they fast, can, and they yeah. and they, they can wreak havoc on the bat. And then it's like, guys. then you saw like Schwarber leading, like I saw Judge leading off, leading off. Like, these guys were like guys. Oh, you put them in the three, four, five spots, and you forget about them. You get the speedy guys on top, get on base. It's kind of funny how the just like the philosophy in general has changed, where you see a lot of different teams go with different philosophies, different strategies up top than you would have ever seen, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago. So you're seeing guys like, and I, I like Schwarbs. I've always liked Schwarbs. Uh, he's, he's, a, he's a fun dude. He looks like he'd be fun to have a beer with, but yeah, uh, he, he just he just does not look like a leadoff guy at all. I, but, no, hey, it works, whatever. I bet you in the next couple of years, we will see it shift back to more of what we're used to, Eric and AJ, probably you too. Um, because of the lack of the ship, more too. guys are going to start getting I'm on older base. than you. I know. Shut up. <laughs> I was trying to make you feel better. <laughs> I look younger now that I've shaved, but oh my, oh yeah, now that you've shaved, absolutely. Um, but uh, so before we get into our last, I want to give you my guy. It, this is an interesting one, and you can get him really late, actually. Rowdy Tellez. Yeah. Yeah, I think I just hit 35 like bombs last year. Like, okay. And you want to talk about a guy who hits with the shift on? I mean, like, almost every at-bat was against the shift. <laughs> it's insane. Um, I mean, yeah, he had, like, 10 at-bats without the shift, and it was horrible results. But, um, you know, you, you have to expect his batting average to go up just slightly. 
Uh, I don't think he's going to be a batting average guy regardless, but it's going to go up from 219. He was 242 the year before that, uh, 283 the year before that. But, I mean, the guy obviously can mash the ball. Uh, playing in that great ballpark in Milwaukee um, can likely reproduce that, that power. And you can get him, you know, as the 14th, 15th first baseman off the board right now. I like yeah. I like Rowdy a good amount. Thank and like <laughs> go, going back to like Alejandro Kirk, if Kirk was the first baseman, he'd look like Rowdy Telez. Like just a big stout yes. dude. Obviously Telez has a bit more power, obviously, but no, I, I agree too. Like there's no you look at if you look, looked at the metrics and just didn't look at his average and you made a guess, it's like giving like contact rates, you know, walk K rates, whiff yeah. rates, stuff like that. Just look at those like, all right, I think this is gonna be like a you know, two fifty ish hitter. I think you see two uh what was it? 219 yeah 219 you're like what because like that was 215 that's a I know. It, it, like it what? was <laughs> super unlucky it wasn't necessarily a shift thing because again he didn't have like a huge difference in woba versus the shift or not versus the shift but look at k rate uh was around 20 percent each of the last yeah. two years 10.4 percent walk rate last year zone contact was above league average you know it doesn't doesn't his whiff rate is better than league average chase rate's better than league average like this should not be a 219 hitter so I do, no, I no. do agree. I like, I like Rowdy a good amount this year. Like he can just pound the piss out of the ball. We've seen that, and, he, and he's a better <laughs> yeah, hitter than he than he was given credit for. And that BABIP definitely played in. So yeah, I think you can see him get up to like two fifty or so this year with thirty plus bombs, flirt with a hundred RBI. Yeah, he he's definitely a good target. Yeah, I definitely like him as well. And uh, it, just looking at his numbers the past, you know, since he's been in the league, really. Um, he doesn't strike out a terrible amount. I mean, he he's usually less than one uh, at at bat or whatever, or, or yeah, one per game. Sorry. Um, I mean, that, that's the only thing that worries me about him is the at bats. Um, I, I think he'll get a decent enough amount, but I think that he's more of a fringe guy in that sense so that's the only thing that worries me about him but i i don't i don't believe that 219 for, for a second because he had 209 uh in 2021 with toronto and then jumped all the way up to 274 and it was basically five more games uh 18 more bats so not a big difference there it just was position and and you know where he was so yeah the other problem is going to be that lineup isn't going to be great so maybe yeah. some of the counting stats out there but that's why he's going a little later but he's still going to be a, a great player to to take a little later but all right let's finish things off here man uh with our favorite late round players in this position in this position here so you know we, we kind of mentioned tell us just now that he's kind of late but let's go a little later than that even what, what you got eric so there's there's a few i look at you know a little bit later than him seth brown kind of like a 25 and 10 guys what you'd mm-hmm. get out of oakland but uh, i think he's a solid target there I think Tristan Cassis in Boston is going to have a pretty good year. The OBP skills are there. Solid hitter, 260, 270 type of hitter. I think he can be 25-plus home runs this year. He's going to get a chance to, to play every day. So 
He's a guy I've been scooping up a good amount as well. Then even a guy like a Will Myers, who, you know, he's had his moments in the past, but the last couple of years haven't been the greatest. He hasn't, he's had some injuries and when he's been on the field, performance hasn't been, you know, the greatest, or at least what we were expecting from him a few years ago, but he's now in Cincinnati and that's very exciting. That is a, I think the most hitter friendly park in baseball, even ahead of Coors Field. So if he's getting everyday run uh, at first base and in the outfield as well, probably, you know, that's not a great lineup. So he'll probably hit near the middle of that lineup somewhere. I think you can get a nice little bounce back year from Will Myers this year too, with some dual eligibility on top of it. So he's, he's another kind of like a late round dart throw where, you know, he's done it before. He's had some good seasons, so you know he can do it. And now he's in a great park to to bounce back in. So Will Myers is a guy I like a lot, too. No, that's a good one. Uh, AJ, you got somebody? Yeah, I, uh, I've i got a couple of guys here. I'm just trying to pull their stats up. Um, I mean, definitely later target and, and going in the, uh, the same – uh, discussion with the dual eligibility there is uh, Yandy Diaz. Um, I don't know. I Maybe I'm just a sucker for this guy, but he's just always, every time I've had him on a team, I've been on his hot streak for whatever reason. So, you know, he's not, he's not killing it in RBI numbers. <laughs> you know, he's not killing it in, in homers, but He's just somebody, like I said, that for me, I've lucked out when I've had him. Um, he's he's he doesn't get a ton of at bats either, and a lot of that's injury related. So obviously that's a worry. But average has always been pretty solid, aside from twenty one. Um, you know, he had a bit of a down year there, but I don't know. I kind of like I like Diaz. I don't know. Who you got? So, I had one listed, but I, I want to just mention real quick, Jared Walsh, uh, I think he's going to be in for a big bounce back season. I think, you know, especially if that Angels offense, including himself, can stay healthy. Um, yeah. There's no way he should be all the way down at, like, first base 35 right now in ADP. Uh, but the, the guy that I really like um, as somebody who I think is really going to propel themselves this year is Spencer Torkelson. Uh, the Tigers, you know, this was a huge prospect coming into last season. And, you know, he was being drafted in redraft leagues and, you know, just didn't really pan out. But I mean, what I'm at, you know, it was again, the tig- the Tigers not really not doing great things last year. He, you know, on and off the field himself uh, struggled, you know, hitting the ball last year. But, you know, again, like didn't didn't strike out like an ex- extraordinarily amount you know not not like 30 35 percent like we see some of these first basemen who come up and just like absolutely struggle uh his walk rate went down from the minors to the to the majors but you know that's to be expected you know things just i i think we're gonna see some of that you know medium hard hit rate go to you know or medium medium hits to hard hits and you know, his exit velocity can go up and, and things like that. And, you know, he's he's going to – I just feel like he's going to put it together. Like, the, the pedigree was not being talked about so much before last year, especially in the power department where, you know, he's got a, a 70 raw power rating, right? Uh, you know, 
it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna show up. He's only twenty three. The fact that he has just plummeted down the ADP is shocking, and he's probably somebody that I'm gonna have as a corner infielder or at least at the back end on my bench in a lot of leagues if he stays around this level throughout draft season because I I just feel like he's gonna put it together. So. He started to like you look at when he got recalled yeah. back in early September. Like the the barrel rate was pretty good. I, I think the EV was run ninety three miles an hour. Hard hit rate was like fifty one or something like that. So it's small sample size for sure. But you saw you know, maybe something clicked uh, for him when he gets sent, sent down and then got brought back up late in the season. And, so maybe I think he's a guy that if he hits well in spring trading, you'll see the ADP rise a good amount. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So. Get him while you can, because I feel like it's going to happen. He he also feels like one of those guys where, even if he does suck in the majors, he's going to be like a spring training darling. I mean, we've seen a lot of those guys, right? I can so, see that, yeah. Who knows? So, get him while you can, cheap. But, uh, all right, Eric, um, that is it for our catcher and first base preview. I want to thank you for coming on to the Fantasy Six Pack Hour. Um, but let everybody know where they can find your stuff this uh, this coming season. Yeah, thanks for having me on. This was uh, this was a lot of fun. I, lo- I love the catcher spot and first base too. So <laughs> appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Eric Cross zero four. My written work at uh, FTN Fantasy at Roto Baller now as well. Got my debut article talking about catcher ADP targets and avoids, uh, which is actually very fitting for this show. I came out earlier this week. Uh, so check that out. And obviously, I got my Patreon, uh, which patreon.com slash toolshed fantasy. All my rankings are over there now. A lot of other fun stuff. Uh, so check that out. And, of course, the Toolshed podcast with my good friend Chris Clegg. Uh, we were doing at least two episodes a week right now, maybe three when we can fit it in. So, yeah, a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of fun stuff. This is always a exciting time of year with baseball finally going. People are not talking about football anymore. It's all – the focus is all on baseball right now, so I love it. So, yeah, it's a fun time of year. I mean, we can talk about football if AJ really wants to. Nope. I don't know. He's nope. an Eagles fan. I know. Nope. 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 We're, do- we're done? I'm, I'm a Patriots I'm fan, and, and Tom Brady just retired. So, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, whatever. Nah, I I want to poke fun at AJ just a little bit because he's an Eagles fan. But it's okay. Um, we <laughs> You can't do it too much, man. The, Philadelphia has taken too much loss this year. Have it's they, the ever take it too much totally Philadelphia much. way to do things um, to get to championship games and just lose. It's a shame. All right. Anyway, thank you, yes. Eric, for coming on, man. I had a blast talking with you. Uh, it's the first time on your, on our show. So uh, we'll have to do it again, though. This was a good, it was a good time. For sure. Thanks for having All me right. on. All right, man. Thanks, man. See you later. Have, Eric. A have a good night. See ya. All right, AJ. Um, sorry. I finally had to pull. He 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 planted the seed with the football, so I had to take it. Sorry. Yep. Um. All right, man. So that is it. Next week, if I had the notes up, I don't know where they just went. Oh, there they are. Uh. So next week we are doing second base because second base has a lot more to talk about. Um. Actually, we're doing second base and third. Um. But so, yeah, still, there's there's a lot more to talk about there. Uh, this might be a little bit longer of a show, but we're bringing on our good friend Howard Bender from Fantasy Alarm to talk talk about those positions. So that'll be a fun one. It always is. Have a good time talking with Howard. But uh, again, 
hit that subscribe button, hit those like buttons, uh, leave those comments, those five stars, wherever you're listening and watching. We appreciate it. And again, become a member, guys. It is worth it. Trust me. Get those get those award-winning rankings. Get those uh, cheat sheets. And join us on Discord. We actually have a free Discord. Check out uh, Fantasy Six Pack Twitter or mine for the link. Um, but there are member-only channels as well. So uh, we've got some free channels in there so you can come and talk with us. But member-only channels is where it's really at. You're going to get our AMAs. You're going to talk about some of the DFS and the betting picks that we have every day from from our experts there that, that do that. But um, that is it for the show. And we will see you all next week. Peace.